You are now, now listening now. to Renaissance. 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 Welcome to the Renaissance Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And for this episode, I am joined by Eric Lauder, guitarist of the Detroit thrash death metal band Plague Years, as we talk about their debut full-length album, Circle of Darkness, released on September 18th, 2020 via Entertainment One, or E1. While the idea of the band has technically been around for about a decade now, Plague Years only started to make it a more serious band within the past few years with the release of two EPs, 2017's self-titled EP and 2018's Unholy Infestation. Eric shares with us the origins of the band, how they got signed to E1, along with his vision for the band as the main songwriter going into making Circle of Darkness. We go track by track throughout the album, talk about the videos they shot, along with the album's amazing cover artwork. So, without further ado, after a word from our sponsor, we'll get into Eric Lauder of the band Plague Years as we talk about Circle of Darkness. Alright, welcome back to the Renaissance Soul Podcast. And for this episode, we are joined with Eric Lauder, the guitarist for the Detroit-based metal band Plague Years. And we're going to talk about their... uh, 2020 album circle of darkness so uh, how you doing today eric i'm good man i'm good how you doing doing all right doing all right to um you know start things off uh how you know how long has this band been in existence um i mean like initially like the the idea of the band started about like 2009 2010 uh me and mike the drummer were like wanting to do something that was uh metal you know that was kind of where we came from to begin with but we ended up falling into hardcore um really it became like once iron age dropped we were like yo we got to do something like this you know and uh you know and then we just figured you know we would incorporate you know all our other thrash influences that kind of fall in that realm but iron age is probably like the initial band that really got us being like yo we need to go back to doing metal and and doing this you know um the band didn't fully form uh and really start doing like anything serious until about 2016 and uh was when we finally got like serious members and stuff like that so what were you doing all those years before you like took it seriously um i was playing in a band called uh build and destroy um, and I was playing in another band called Razzle Dazzle. At that time, we were taking Build and Destroy a little more serious. Uh, it was it was already gaining so much traction. So, I mean, it just made sense, you know, uh, we work on this, you know, and, and this was always kind of a side project, mostly because we couldn't find members. You know, that was really the hardest part. <laughs> um, so, we, you know, we I probably wrote, I mean, me and Mike together probably wrote like damn near two LPs worth of music in that time frame and recorded it and everything, demoed right. it and everything. But uh, we didn't use any of it at all whatsoever. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's just been a long time coming. Those 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 earlier songs are, are definitely some, like, Iron Age worship type shit. You know, it's probably better we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, what did you guys do when you, you finally were able to solidify things more around 2016? You know, you know, what were the decisions made at that time? 
Um, so Mike uh, introduced me to this other guitar player who I who I had known before, but never really like you know kicked it with all that much or anything like that. But we knew each other, and um, you know he was an amazing guitar player. I was like, all right, cool. You know, finally we have someone that's like you know really tight and good. And um, when he first joined, he had all these other song ideas too. And so the first EP, like the self titled, is is definitely heavily you know, damn near almost all of it was his for the most part, because I kind of was backing down a little bit more than I should have at that moment. And um, so we did a lot of stuff that was kind of in that realm. And then after that record dropped, really while we were in the recording process of it, I had already been writing on going at the station. I was like, yo, we're going this direction, you know? And um, so, yeah, in 2016, I mean, just kind of all finally fell together. And then just as quickly as it was one band, right before we started uh, recording Unholy, the guitar player quit <laughs> on us. So we've just been having fill-ins ever since. So we, we say we're signed, you know, we say we're a four-piece or signed as a four-piece, you know, uh, as far as a creative direction, it's all four of us, but we always have a fifth member. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, before you guys would eventually get signed to E1, like you mentioned, you know, you had the Plague Years EP, um, and then you, you know, you kind of stepped up a little bit creatively on uh, Unholy Infestation. Sort of, uh, you know, what, you know, what was kind of going on in the band's life during the recording of uh, Unholy Infestation, and how would that eventually, you know, lead you guys to this deal with uh, E1, where they would, um, they would re-release uh, Unholy Infestation on vinyl, and then you guys would eventually come to this, um, this uh, full-length album? So, um, Back to kind of what I was saying about when we were first dropped that first EP, you know, like uh, Jimmy had a lot more ideas and it was kind of a, you know, creative direction in that, on that EP. And after that came out, I was like, you know, we're going to do it like this, you know? And, and I had this plan in my head where, you know, we, we had, we, we were a new band at the time. We probably only played, you know, maybe five, six shows. I mean, very little shows, you know, we're all veterans, but just very little, hadn't done anything. Hadn't even left the state, but I knew I was like, you know, if, if we write something that's really good and we we look at it, you know, we go uh, get Arthur on it, you know, because he's like one of the top dudes in metal. And he's going to make it sound amazing. And we just get a solid recording and make it sound, you know, better than just like a demo or a normal EP. Just give it that full production. You know, I think it could really do something. And um, luckily for us, I mean, it did. You know, we had uh, we got a lot of love from Trevor from the Black Valley Murder. And uh, we got a lot of love from uh, Joel uh, from Toxic Holocaust. And that's just kind of how it all started. Uh, I mean, E1 signed us pretty much on a whim for the most part, I feel like, you know, they just happened to really hear the music and believed in it. And, uh, you know, at that time, a lot of labels were looking for, you know, another thrash metal project. And we had some looks from other labels, but all of them wanted us to have a bigger following, bigger social media numbers, this and that. And E1 heard it and they were like, nah, we're going to take this on. Yeah, they've been able to, like, take take on bands that were just sign, sort of, like, coming up you know kind of first starting out with the the band it's kind of fairly new but they have a good sound so they're you know they you know they will you know take take a chance on those sort of bands yeah i think at the end of the day you know um you can have the following you can you know a lot of times the following can just be gained from just you know strictly just touring i mean you make a lot of friendships and, and get a good following you know but at the end of the day the music speaks for itself you know if, if you hear something and you really think that it can you know do something then 
then that's all you really need at the end of the day, you know, and, and luckily they heard it and believed the same vision that we had. And, and here we are. What was it? What was it about maybe the experience of all the members in this band that kind of led to being able to make this music that would, you know, be, you know, raise a few ears, raise a few eyebrows from people in the industry, get you signed. Uh, it, it was a little bit of a struggle at first because um, Jimmy is very strong with like what he wants, you know? And I was just right there like, no, we're going to do it like this. We're going to do it like this, you know? And that frustration actually is what ended up making him leave. He, he started feeling like, you know, I was kind of like dictating too much or something, you know, like I was too in control, but I just knew I'm like, I know, I know I've been doing this a long time. I know how to go about it, how to handle how to handle this kind of shit. Like, I know just please listen to me. You know, he doesn't have that much experience as far as like putting out music and touring and this and that. And uh, so he ended up leaving and it wasn't, I mean, right at, he left, he just recorded two guitar tracks for Unholy Infestation and then he quit. And then, so I had to do everything. And then it honestly kind of made things a lot easier because us four were kind of always on the same page as it was. Um, so once that happened and we could just, chill and do the things that we were already planning on doing i mean everything just fell into place you know it's one of those things where I'm a, I'm a very big believer if you if you want something bad enough and if you do it you know every day all day think about it all day and you just think you're gonna get it you know it may not happen immediately but as long as you keep working at it you're gonna get it and and that's how i was feeling i was like dude something's gonna come of this like, i know it <laughs> did the mood of the band change after jimmy left yeah, it got way more relaxed. <laughs> I hope he doesn't watch this, but yeah, it got way more relaxed. He was he was the one that was always kind of like, you know, worrying about things a lot and, and just, you know, making me stress out about things that I've never had to stress out about before in a band. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it made things just a lot smoother, you know, because at the end of the day, I, I was the one kind of creatively driving the band and writing the music in, in that. And the only person who really ever went against me was Jimmy. So once he he quit it just kind of made things a lot easier for us but i love jimmy don't don't get twisted i love jimmy he's a great guy it just didn't work out yeah it just didn't work out yeah so um when did you know when did you guys started writing you know music for the you know your debut full-length album circle of darkness i started writing it um so we got signed in april and then i started writing it pretty much immediately because um the plan was that they wanted to have a record out by like the end of the year. Well, I wanted to have one out by the end of the year. I just didn't want to tour on a, a six song EP for too long. You know, I, just, <laughs> right. I don't know. I just didn't want to do that. And um, so in my head, I was thinking, okay, well, I'd like to have this out by like October, you know? And then like thinking, you know, I've never released something on a, on a big label or had like a full blown, you know, promo, you know, campaign and all that. So like, you know, then I started thinking like, well, shit, if I want this out by October, that means I got to have this done and recorded by like July, you know, right. so that they can have, you know, whatever. Because so if you like, put it out, you can be like, okay, we're done. Next month it's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And so I was like, fuck, man, I got to, you know, I, but I was feeling extremely ins inspired and just motivated with everything that was going on. And, and the record just kind of poured out. I mean, uh, I started writing on my computer, which I had never done before, and uh, using just a drum machine. And man, uh, it just totally elevated my writing game. And it just all came out. I came out, I wrote all the music in like three weeks. And then um, 
the lyrics kind of slowly came in afterwards, some during the writing process. And uh, we hit the studio and, and the la I think it was the last week of June or, or last week of May or beginning of June. So we were in there and then the, the recording process just took way too long. Uh, we didn't finish until October. And, uh, but then we had already talked about pushing the record back anyway and, and doing it in the new year and all that. My bass player had his car stolen, so it kind of slowed everything down. <laughs> his bass got taken. He was in the middle of recording bass. His bass got stolen. It was a whole fucking fiasco. Oh, man. That's terrible. That Detroit life. Yeah, shit happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, what's sort of like the, the method of, you know, writing and recording throughout the band? Uh, do you do most of the writing? Yeah. Um, so with Unholy, it was a little more like uh between me and jimmy i'd say it was about like a 60 40 split as far as riffs um you know i wrote the majority of it but he wrote like he wrote two full songs and then i wrote the other four songs and he gave me like a riff or two you know uh lyrically it was kind of the same uh i wrote probably about 80 percent of the lyrics um tim and, and jimmy helped out a little bit too and then um circle of darkness is, is pretty much all me for the most part um not even really because I, I wanted it to be like that, but it was just, I was on such a creative like wave that it was yeah. just coming. And um, I was writing it faster than I think even those guys could try to even come up with stuff. I mean, <laughs> I was just, I was literally just popping out songs every day. And um, yeah, so this record, I pretty much wrote most of it, but, or pretty much all of it, but you know, the next record will probably be a little more of a collab or, you know, it'll, it'll always probably be mostly me, but it'll be definitely more of a collab on the next one. I think. Yeah, there's some killer riffs on this this new album. Hell yeah. Yeah. Bangers. <laughs> <laughs> so um let's uh at this point let's let's just get into the album and go track by track and uh and sort of um you know talk about each song. Uh, but before we get into that, did you um who did you guys work with in regards did you work with a producer or engineer with that and what did they bring to the table in in regards to making this album? So I don't know if you, I mean, uh, our engineer was Nick Morris. Um, he did like, uh, he's done like stuff for like the black dial murder. He owns a record label too called Luxor. Um, so we went to him and I mean, he kind of helped produce really a little bit is me and him, uh, for the most part. And then after we recorded all the tracks, I just send them all just raw to, uh, Arthur and I just let Arthur do his thing. I mean, I, I don't really tell him, but you know, I'll give Arthur some notes after he sends me back the first like mix master and um you know other than that he's pretty much on point almost every time so he just throws the sauce on it yeah, throws the sauce <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so um yeah let's get into the album uh the the first song on the album is play the victim that um that song is just about like you know th that tim had always been in my ear about man we need a short song i want a real short song you know and and in metal, I mean, it's pretty hard to write a short song, you know, trying to cram in. I mean, that song is only four riffs in a solo, you know, and it's still like three minutes, I think, you know, but, <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna give them a nice short and sweet one, you know, and then uh, the lyrical content is just, you know, it's just about a, a narcissistic person, you know, I feel like that everybody has in their life, you know, and it's just basically about them, you know, they always playing the victim while doing the, the most fucked up shit, you know, they're constantly the one causing the problem, but they're always the one, you know, crying wolf or, or playing victim or whatever you want to call it 
You guys did a uh, a video for uh, Play the Victim also. Talk about that. Uh, it was dope, man. It was the first time I I ever did like a you know a real video. I would say you know with like camera crew and lighting and, and shit. And it was awesome, man. Um, we shot both Play the Victim and then Paradox the next day. It was a long, tiring day, man. I, I I couldn't believe how exhausted I was just playing that same song over and over and over and over again for hours, you know. <laughs> But it was awesome, man. It came out great. Justin's the man. Uh, Justin Reich, great dude. Um, I mean, he, he made us feel really comfortable, and, and it was just awesome. Yeah, like you said, you um, you also did a uh, the video for um, for um, Paradox of Death. You know, what did you want to convey in these uh, in these um, videos? You know, what did you want the the visual um, you know representation of this music to be? So for play the the victim video, uh, we just wanted to just kind of show like, you know, like what goes on, you know, like what it's like in, in, in our scene and, and what it's like at our shows, you know, it's just a bunch of our homies, uh, you know, just going the fuck off, you know, it's, you know, any, any normal show for the most part, you know what I mean? All those guys that are in there are all in bands from around here or at least like heavy in the scene, you know, they always come out. And then with Paradox, um, I really wanted to, to have like a story I, originally i really wanted just a story video i didn't even want us playing in it at first um but it, we ended up changing it but i really wanted it to convey and i think justin did a really good job because i wasn't on set when that happened it was just covid's going on at this point yeah and um he uh he had to do it out in north carolina so we we recorded us playing in detroit but he did all the actor stuff in north carolina okay and uh he did a good job i mean i feel like if you read the lyrics you understand that you know this guy is hanging out with these people and he goes to these other people and he snitches on them you know and then they find out about it and that's when they end up grip, gripping him up and you know dragging him along and, and leaving him to the birds you know the the next song is witness hell uh this song is just about like a dude who uh who just tortures someone just but never kills him but every day like he's just like locked up just torturing this dude every day for his own enjoyment, but he never kills him. And the guy that's being tortured is like wishing to die. Like he's hoping that, you know, this is okay. This is it. He's going to kill me now because it's, there's obviously no escape. That's pretty much all that song is really about. It's just, I wanted to do something real brutal, like cannibal corpse-ish, you know, like just something just real dark and just, just about torture, you know? Right. Right. And like we were already talking about, the next song is paradox of death. I love this song. Those riffs are killer at the beginning. Congrats on oh, that. Man. So uh, it's, it's weird. It's weird, bro. Because when I first wrote that song, that was like the one I wasn't really feeling all that much. But then when, it's it's crazy how like you can write a song and be like, yeah, this one's okay. But then as soon as you slap vocals on it, you're like, oh shit, okay, this song bangs now. You know, that's that song's just about killing a snitch, bro. Straight up, that's really all that song's about. Uh, <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of rap, so I like trying to tie in like rap content into metal but right. making it metal still you know so that that's really all that song's about yeah i'm basically a hip-hop head too so like, like who's, who's some of your favorite hip-hop um hip-hop yeah oh shit man i mean like if we're talking like 90s hip-hop i guess i'd have to go like Nas. it's probably my all-time az i love too yeah. um shit man I, I haven't listened to that hip-hop in a long time to be honest with you i've been hip to like all the stuff that's coming out here like sada baby and 42 doug and all those dudes man i love that shit future is like my all-time favorite you know what i mean right. freddie gibbs is another one like hip-hop guy i like a lot 
Bully James was another big one from here. All kinds. Of, bro, I listen to a lot, a lot of rap, straight up. Awesome, awesome. The next song is Eternal Fire. So this song, uh, I just wanted this song to be heavy as fuck the whole time. I kind of just wanted it to feel relentless. Like, I always like when, uh, um, you know, the band, it's like, you know, how you, you'll listen to a song and then it's like, okay, you hit the heavy part and then it ends. But then you'll get a song where you hit the heavy part and then they hit you again with a heavy part and then they hit you again. And it's just kind of like, damn, they're just going, you know, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to do in that song was just like, just keep it fucking heavy as fuck. Yeah. And then uh, lyrically, it's, it's kind of what made us name the uh, album Circle of Darkness because the song is is about the ritual of becoming a part of the circle of darkness, which is, you know, being reborn uh, in immolation or, or, you know, being burned alive. You're essentially being like possessed and brought into this elite group, you know, that, that influences all the evil in the world or, or mentally in people and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's what I like about this album. Like you said, is that, you know, you hit, you hit us with a heavy part and then right next to more heavy and then more heavy and it's just like, all right, all right, but it but it doesn't run into each other. It just like, you just it's yeah. Like- I definitely try to make it feel right, you know, feel right. <laughs> I don't ever want to like. I feel like I'm pretty consciously good about knowing when to stop, you know, or knowing when like okay, enough's enough, or, or like making it sound uh, like it's supposed to be there. I guess you yeah. Know? It's like getting slapped, and then you wait a second and slap a person again, and then wait a couple seconds and slap them again. You know, and then you get punched. Then you get punched. You know, <laughs> but you know, there's that space in between. You know, to kind of, you know, get your bearings for a second, but then you get punched again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the next song is the title track of the album, "Circle of Darkness." So I, weirdly enough, I feel like this is probably the opposite of what most people do, since that's the self, you know, the, the track off the album or whatever. Um, that song I wrote last out of all of them. Uh, for whatever reason, I was having just a hard time coming up with, with or not, not having a hard time coming up with lyrics, but a hard time figuring out how I wanted to do it. Um, but that song is just about, it's the same thing. It kind of tells the story of like where the circle of darkness is, um, you know, how, uh, how the ritual happens, what they do, you know, um, you pull the strings of chaos, you know, whatever. It's just kind of like really trying to tie in what the album is about uh, you know it has two meanings it's the circle of darkness is like the cycle of evil or darkness that happens you know just that in itself and then the elite group the circle of darkness that controls or influences the cycle you know right now the next song is evil one yeah this one was like heavy uh heavily influenced by divine intervention i was just banging the fuck out of that record and I just wanted to do something in 6-8, man. Um, so I just came up with that uh, as far as the riffs go. And uh, lyrically, I was just, I don't even remember. I think I was just kind of surfing through the internet, just trying to get inspired. And I came across some story uh, about a, a girl just, you know, begging, begging. Basically, she could never have a kid. So she was begging Satan for a kid. And Satan gave her one, you know, and ended up being the Antichrist. But he <laughs> ended up becoming good at some point. And just, in my story, he just didn't become good and just goes back to hell. Speaking of which, where do you get sort of your ideas, inspirations for, uh, you know, the lyrics to these songs? For the most part, it's, it's kind of just like random, I guess. I don't know. Like it's just something will just like, 
I'll go into it being like, okay, I got to write this song. What am I going to do this about? And then I'll kind of either surf around on the web, you know, just try to get like, see a topic or something, or maybe just like, sometimes I'll see just one sentence of something and I'll be like, oh, okay, I'm going to run with that, you know? And like, kind of just, you know, take the inspiration from what I just read and just turn it into a song, you know? A lot of times though, I'll have like ideas in my head that I want to do or prior to, but you know, sometimes it's just a matter of just looking around and getting inspired, some, watching a documentary or some shit, you know? Uh, the next song is Incantation. This is another just like, uh, you know, just your typical evil ass shit, just uh, bringing the dead back to life. They were, they were condemned by God and, and now they're going to rid the world of all things divine. You know, it's pretty much all that song's about, just destroying fucking God. <laughs> for the most part <laughs> right. and the next song is nrftl yeah no respect for the law uh i wrote that song it's funny because a lot of people have been asking me in interviews like oh did you write it because of everything that's been going on you know recently with you know all the police brutality and you know obviously fuck all that shit like that shit's fucked up you know it needs to be fixed but I wrote that song October of last year um, before the shit happened because I've always been big into like wrongful convictions, like crime doc, bro. I love that shit. Like I'm, that's, that's like my biggest thing. If I, if I could, if it wasn't so much schooling, bro, I would definitely try to become a defense lawyer for sure. <laughs> but I, you know, just the system is fucked. So right. I just was super inspired. I, I knew even before, uh, you know, as, as I was writing the songs, I knew I was going to write a song about this, you know, and I don't like to get too political in my music. I, I don't even know if it's technically politics or not, but no, nah, that's, that's, that's just, humanity, man. That's something yeah. that you should be talking about, you know? Yeah. I just, it was just something I felt like I needed to say something, you know, and, and try to get the message out there because a lot of people don't really like, you know, they think that going to jail and that, you know, you deserve to be there and this and that, whatever. And, Right. You know, the system itself is very fucked up uh, as far as how you get there and and how you get stuck there, you know, for, for certain shit. And um, you really have to dig to understand. So I'm hoping that some people listen to that and might be like, okay, what the fuck is this dude talking about? And maybe dig into it, you know? That's a cool song because, yeah, like when I listen to it, like it, it's definitely a song that I wanted to go back to and pay attention to it, you know? So, you know, not only does the... The lyrics, the words mean something, but just the the way it's performed, the the music to it, you know. What what was sort of your idea with that for a song that had that sort of um, you know, the themes of that song? You know, how did you want to make sure that you highlighted, you know, what you were talking about? To be honest, I was struggling very hard to figure out how I was going to get my point across in in a way that you know, didn't come off like I, I didn't want to come off like I was being like, like, like a, I don't even know, how to start, like a nerd or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was trying to, I wanted it to still be metal sounding. You know, I didn't want it to be like very like political sounding, if that makes any sense at all whatsoever. So it took me a while to really get it. And then I just kept listening to that uh, part in the chorus that, you know, and just no respect for the law just came in my head. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna run with this, you know just kind of popped in there and, and you know it kind of reminded me of songs like breaking the law by uh um judas priest or uh my homies they got a song uh, no warning they got a song called beyond the law it's kind of like the same thing too it's like got that real catchy vibe to it and 
yeah, I just randomly high as hell one day just came in my head. <laughs> and what I what I really uh, noticed about that song when I was listening to it, it felt like it stuck out vocally. Like there was a little bit more, like Tim was doing a little bit more of a kind of a soulful bluesy sort of vocal on that. You know, was it, you know, was that, you know, something that was intentional? Yeah, I wanted, you know, I wanted to make this song, uh, a little more like mainstreamish, I guess, without like, I don't want to be mainstream, but like, I definitely wanted it to be like a, right. cause if you listen to it, I mean, it's really not a thrash song. I'm, I'm, I don't think, you know, it's, it's not really a death metal song either. You know, it's kind of like a, if I had to describe it, it's like a mix between like black album Metallica and like Pantera or something like that. That's what know? I kind of, I kind of got from it. I was like, this kind of has a little bit of a tinge of Pantera vocals, you know? Like yeah, Tim it. sounds a lot like Phil, which is great because I think Phil, like, you know, him as a person and his views is whatever, but his vocals, like, is there anything that dude can't do? He's <laughs> so fucking sick, bro. Like, he can do fucking anything with his vocals. Right. And so I always encourage Tim, and I say it to him a lot too, bro. Like, bro, listen to more Pantera, bro. You can do this shit with your voice, you know? Go full and, uh, Phil. <laughs> yeah and and you know i wanted to incorporate tim's singing uh in little increments you know on the lp just to kind of see how people would think about it you know i liked it uh, man it really stuck out i was like oh what's this uh, <laughs> i was like yeah. oh oh all right like yeah oh. i, I want to you know there might be mo- there might be more to it uh maybe in like a later album you know but it was definitely something I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to take a little bit of, you know, of a leap here. At least I felt like it was a leap, you know, at the time and, uh, and just roll with it. You know, right. like, once we heard it recorded, we were like, fuck man, this song sounds good. Like it's catchy, you know? And the next uh, song is world in blood. Uh, another, another one where I was just surfing around on the web, bro. Just trying to get ideas. Um, it was, it was like some line I read about some guy just, you know, literally covering the world in blood i was like fuck all right well i'm gonna run with that you know (laughs) so i just turned it into kind of like a war you know like a war scene essentially what it is is this guy he gets a message you know from uh from hell or whatever to tell these people like yo you guys gotta stop fighting because as soon as you guys you know essentially it's like think of it like a holy war or something you know these religions are fighting each other right and this guy's trying to tell him hey if you guys keep fighting you know for this senseless bullshit this is going to happen. You know, the hell is going to come up and they're going to fucking just slaughter all of you. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's pretty much what the song is about. And then at the end or in the second verse, he's talking about, he's going to join, you know, he's going to be right there. Cause everyone mocked him and said, Oh, you're full of shit, you know, but at the end it ended up being, you know, he was right. He wasn't lying, you know? Then the final song on the album is urge to kill, which has a killer intro. Yeah, bro, that was like, I wrote that intro before that song. I just like woke up one day, like hella early in the morning before work. And I like smoked a blunt and I was just kind of sitting there and like the riff just came in my head. I was like, fuck, I got to record this right now before I go to work. Like I have to do it. And uh, I recorded it and bounced it. And I showed it to my homie that day, like at work. And he was like, dog, that riff is hard as fuck. I was like, yeah, I got to I gotta figure out what the fuck I'm going to do with it. <laughs> but yeah, that, that song came together at the very end. Um, you know, it felt like a, I like to call them uh, riff soup, you know, like a song that's just kind of like riff after riff after riff after riff after riff. There's not really much structure. It's kind of how I felt that song was, but as I, as I keep listening to it more, it does kind of have some structure to it as far as like, it's not as thrown together as I felt it was at the, at the end, but 
then then threw in the crazy fucking suffocation type breakdown and shit. I was just another another thing where I'm just kind of taking a leap. Like, okay, let's see how this goes, you know. And that kind of leads me to my uh, to my next question is that how did you go about the the sequencing of this album? Because a song like "Urge to Kill" with that intro and with kind of like you know the riff soup that you said, I felt like was such a cool way to close out the album. So what was your thoughts about, you know, sequencing the whole album? We we really had no I mean, I had no real clue how it was going to go. You know, when I was when I'm writing, it's just they kind of all come. I didn't write them, you know, obviously from 1 to 10 just like that, you know. Right. Um so when we got to figuring out how the album was going to go, um I was like, okay, I didn't I hadn't finished writing the end of Urge to Kill yet. And I was like, well, dude, I'm going to slap this at the end. And I'm going to kind of do some kind of like hella weights type worship shit. You know what I'm saying? And just let it ride out and never let it kick in, you know, just let it, the drums go and it's going to give you that snare and just going to ride out. Right? Never going to let it kick in. And uh, yeah, it came out really fucking dope. It's just, just works. Sometimes it just works, you know? <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah. With urge to kill, it just sounded like, like this is such an epic way to close this album out. Yeah. It's definitely like you're fucking riding away on like a fucking, badass like steed or some shit with a sword or some shit like it's just fucking crazy okay so when this album is all done you go get it mixed and mastered the first time you're hearing it you know what's your thoughts what's the band's thoughts oh man we were just like fuck this record bangs dude like this shit goes fucking hard um you know when when we when i first get it you know I, i have it but it's all raw you know, like the, the dude that, that did the engineering did like a little bit of like very, very little mixing, you know, just so it didn't, you know, sound too, too raw to us anyway. Yeah. And I was like, man, this sounds really good. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm geeked on this. And then I sent it to Arthur. And then when he sent me back the first mix, it was just like a bomb. I was like, oh, fuck. Now this shit's crazy. Like he, he got such a way with, with just making shit just hit so much harder and, and fuller and he likes to add a lot of low end, which I love. And mm-hmm. yeah, we just felt, we felt really, really good, man. It, it, it's definitely a, a really good feeling. I think for anyone who does music, finally here, you know, the final product, you're like, fuck, man, this took me how long? Like, here we are finally, you know? When you linked up with uh, E1, they, uh, you know, re-released um, the, one of the EPs and then you got this record on vinyl, man. How does it sound? How does it feel to hear your band's music on vinyl? It's always great. I've, I've never put out a, I put out a seven inch, two seven inches before on vinyl uh, with Bill and Destroy, but I've never done a, a LP before or a 12 inch, you know? And so I was geeked, you know, just to have it. And, and you know, it's just always cool to just, you, you know, you're staring at the same thing for months, the artwork, everything, you know, the layout, the music, I mean, everything. But when you finally like see it together in physical form, I mean, it's just a fucking cool feeling, especially when it's all executed properly. I mean, it's just great, you know, um, especially Circle of Darkness. I mean, the artwork on that shit is just wild, you know. Uh, we wanted to just really go over the top, so. Yeah, talk more about that. Yeah, talk about who did that, what you wanted to do with the artwork. So we had uh, Joe Patagno. He did the front and the back. Uh, he's known for doing, like, the Motorhead Skull, and uh, um, he's done stuff for, like, Mammoth Grinder, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. He's, he's an older guy. I think he's, like, 72 or something like that. And um, I seen his stuff uh, because my homie Alsh, he plays in Mammoth Grinder and also Power Trip. 
but he uh they dropped cosmic crypt man and that fucking artwork just blew me away and i was like man i hit him up immediately like bro who did that <laughs> and he told me it was joe i was like fuck i gotta work with this dude and and uh, i just i didn't really tell him what to do you know i just i really wanted a piece from him i didn't want to feel like i was like telling him what to do you know i, I gave him uh some lyrics to the song eternal fire and that was it i just said do your thing bro like i, I want you know i want no influence on you i just want you to do your thing and he sent me that uh first it was like a rough sketch and i was kind of still like okay i can't really tell exactly what's going on but this shit looks like it's going to be crazy and then when i got the full i was like holy shit <laughs> dude like this shit is wild and a totally different direction that i i would have went what i had in my head to for art is entirely different than what he did but that's what i wanted you know what were you thinking about doing uh, I was thinking more along like the ritual side uh, of Circle of Darkness, you know. I was thinking like just some kind of like like I wanted some dude burning in, on it, but I was thinking more along the lines of kind of what's in the inside. Um, when you I don't know if you have the record or not, but when you open it up, there's uh there's like a girl burning here. Actually, hold on. When you open it up, there's like a you know what I'm saying. Oh, so this yeah. is kind of more my idea that I had going on on the on the outside. Not these colors, though. I didn't want to go so blue, but I wanted to have like that fire and ice vibe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, we we just had some extra money left over in the budget because Joe was actually a lot cheaper than I was anticipating. And um, I was like, "Fuck it, man! I'm just gonna keep going. I'm just gonna keep getting more shit, and hopefully the label lets do a gate folder or a, a you know fold out uh, insert." It, it looks great. I mean, it came out really good. That looks amazing. I definitely got to go cop one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Just for the artwork alone, it's it's seriously badass. Seriously, man. Amazing, amazing. So, okay, you um, you write and record, you know, this album last year, but then, like, did you have it all done before, the uh, you know, the, the pandemic hit? Yeah, the record was completely finished recording uh, October. It was like October, I think it was like October 13th. I just got the alert on my phone of when we, because the day we finished, the next day we had to leave for tour. So it was like crunch time. And um, the full record itself was done, I want to say November, something like that. Like November, maybe first week of December, Arthur was done uh, doing it. And um, yeah, so it was done before the pandemic. Um, We were originally going to release it in May, May 22nd, but we pushed it back because that was when everyone was like, Oh, it's only going to be a month. Oh, it's only, you know, <laughs> hey, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Then that, then that came and went and we were like, well, we'll, we'll push it back to September. And then you know, we were kind of talking about maybe pushing it again, but I mean, I don't see any end in sight for this. No, at this point, soon, man, so. just put it out. People yeah, are paying, put it out. People are paying attention enough to like where you can put out stuff, you know? And yeah. And for the, and for the most part, for me, I was just feeling for people like, you know, I'm thinking, it's, okay, if I'm a, someone buying this and I pre-ordered it, you know, okay, I pre-ordered it in May. Now I'm waiting, all, you know, I pre-ordered it in March, I'm sorry, waiting to get it in May. Then we postpone it and then they got to wait till September. I was just feeling for people like that. Like, man, I can't make people wait any longer, especially if they already spent their money. How, um, how much were you able to tour you know, between finishing the record and before like the pandemic hit and did you incorporate any new songs in that touring? Well, we didn't do, after we came back from that tour in October with Skeletor Remains and Frozen Soul, um, we, we were kind of debating, we're like, should we just kind of wait and, um, you know, just kind of hold tight and get, get everything we need in order. Cause we knew we were going to do a full us once the record dropped. 
And um, we kind of just decided on that. We're like, look, we're just going to, you know, really get our set tight, you know, because we're going to be playing, a, you know, a way bigger tour than we've done, you know, on a, and on a bigger stage. So we just really wanted to make sure we were going to be crushing, you know. And so we didn't get to do any touring, unfortunately. And now, now looking back, fuck, I wish I'd have toured the whole fucking time. <laughs> Dude, right. Hi, yep. Everybody, I think everybody wishes they could have just like slid in a few more shows before, uh, before the pandemic hits. But you know, how, um, how are you guys dealing with, you know, putting out this record during a pandemic? Because this is a, you know, a fairly new band. So I'm assuming like everybody in the band has day jobs and stuff. And you know, oh, yeah. were they, you know, are you guys and able to, parent, and we're dads <laughs> and your dads, you guys got four of us are dads. So yeah, like you got your, you got families, you got jobs, you know, were you guys able to, was everybody continue able to continue to work during this time? And how did you sort of deal with, deal with the rolling out of this record? Um, I mean, we just, you know, we, we just knew what, uh, this, you know, the circumstances were, we knew it wasn't going to get, you know, as much exposure as we initially hoped with touring, you know, obviously, cause there's, right. there's really nothing that compares to playing in front of people that's by far the best promotion or like winning people over that you can have yeah yeah um so you know i just kind of got over it i don't try to dwell too much on you know negative shit i just look at positive shit you know it's getting out people are going to hear it you know and we've had a lot of you know great reviews and and good feedback uh from that but um i know i know ryan uh ryan was doing stuff he was his work turned into he, he normally does like um signs for like like Miller light signs and shit like that, yeah. that light up and stuff. Um, they turned into a full blown, like, um, why can't I think of the word right now? Um, what, 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 why can't I think of the fucking word? The, the breathalyzer, uh, the, the breathing machine. Why, why can't oh, ventilators. Ventilator. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So they were building ventilators and, uh, masks and face shields and all that shit. Okay. And, um, Tim, Tim was working, he works at a dispensary. And then I was just pretty much chilling, uh, for the most part. Um, you know, I do some side things here and there, but just chilling. So like, you know, it just, you guys been, were still able to sort of support yourselves during it. It wasn't as big of a, you know, as a loss as some bands might have where this, like, that's their only thing. I would say for Ryan and Tim, they, they definitely didn't miss a beat as far as, you know, income goes for me and Mike, it definitely, we, we, I'm not definitely not making as much money as I would be if the shit wasn't going on. Right now. <laughs> okay. Um, I, Mike, Mike would say the same too. I'm sure. I mean, he's been on, um, unemployment for the whole time. And, uh, you know, he was working at a restaurant at Ooh. the time and yeah. So that's <clears throat> it, feel for it's, him. it's whatever. Yeah. I just want the shit to be over with so badly. Man, I can't wait to be it over with, and I can't wait to be able to hear this record. I want to see you guys live because the way that this album rocks, I want to hear it. I want to hear it live. This this oh yeah is a live album. This is something that needs to be like enjoyed in a small, dirty ass metal venue <laughs> and Just overpacked, overpacked. Way over, you way know, capacity. Yes. Yeah, so, what do you you know? And this, this may have changed, you know, after, you know, being a part of this event, this uh, pandemic. You see my dog over there? Yeah. Yeah, your dog. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been checking out your dog the whole time. Just been like. Ugh. I just seen her in, the, in my view. I'm like, oh shit, my dog was sleeping. Yeah, your dog would get up for like a moment and then go back to, 
<laughs> Go back to sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's posted. Just posted. But, you know, what did you want your fans to get out? What, what did you want the listeners to get out of listening to this album? And did it change when from the time you were writing it to the time it's coming out during a pandemic? I just wanted to write something really intense. Um, you know, I like the feeling where I don't feel like, you know, where the music doesn't feel like it's given up, you know, it's just constantly pushing, 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 yeah. you know? And, um, you know, I, I, I want to just go outside the boundaries a little bit, you know, when we started this, you know, we definitely wanted to be like a thrash band for like, for the most part, you know, but I really, really wanted to push out of that, uh, to separate ourselves as best we could from, other thrash bands you know and and just be heavier you know overall heavier um and uh you know we down tuned and and everything so i mean when we when we did it and pretty much anytime i'm writing man i want it to feel like it's just like hitting you in the face you know so once we had it recorded i was like okay you know we're doing that and then once you know i heard it mixed and mastered i was like oh shit you know like the the mix is so full sounding and heavy in, in speakers man it, it's it blows them bitches out. You know, it's, it's dope. Do, uh, you know, do you have any more, you know, plans of things that you guys want to do like online or whatever in the meantime before you can, you know, actually go out and tour? Yeah. Uh, we're, we got a live stream coming up. Uh, I can't say the exact date yet, but it's coming, it's coming soon. And, uh, we've been really grinding that out, just practicing, 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 you know, just to, to really tighten our shit up. Um, you know, we got, uh, uh, I think I'm going to do another guitar playthrough video. We're just, we're just trying to keep coming up with content. You know I mean? There's, it's, it's so much harder to, to constantly be posting, uh, now versus like if, when I'm on tour, I mean, the content just creates itself between pictures being taken at the shows right. and flyers and this and that, you know, it's a constant endless thing of content right now. It's like, you know, you got to keep coming up with the shit, you know, <laughs> and, and posting it and, and just keeping people, you know, yeah intrigued into what you're doing and, and engaging with them and, and, and all that, which I love doing. I, I love, I love talking to people and, and, and anyone that hits us up, you know, I, I definitely enjoy that. Great. Great. Do you have any uh, final thoughts about, you know, this album that you'd like to share? Uh, if you're just, if you haven't heard it before, man, if you're a big fan of, of thrash metal and death metal, uh, I mean, I, I think if you listen to either side, either, either one of those genres, even just specifically those ones, you know, you're going to enjoy this record. It's super heavy, uh, super fast, and it's just crushing, you know, and, and every song has some unique feature to it. You know, that was one thing I really wanted to focus on where I didn't feel like I was repeating myself in any song, and each song has its own part that stands out. And so, I mean, I think it's a record that pretty much, if you're a fan of any kind of metal, uh, you're, you're going to enjoy it. Great. It's been great talking with you, Eric. These The riffs on this album are amazing that's what really you know thank you that's what really stuck out first time i listened where can uh people go online to get more information about you know the band plague years and circle of darkness uh hit us up on instagram twitter plague years mi facebook fuck everywhere bro just type us in on google plague years um you know you can get our record on Bandcamp. we got the links in all our bios you can get at the e1 store uh, and just hit us up, man. Uh, we love talking to everybody, and uh, hit us up. Thank you for listening to the Renaissance Soul Podcast. 
Hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. Empowered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash renaissance soul. Renaissance soul theme music provided by Steve O. You can find more of his productions at imsteveo.bandcamp.com and that's e-y-e-a-m-s-t-e-v-e-o.bandcamp.com. Renaissance Soul is available on all streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Renaissance Soul, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash fresh the word. Follow Renaissance Soul on social media on Instagram at Podcast and on Twitter at Pod. And join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fresh the word. And for more information on Renaissance Soul, visit freshthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Renaissance, Renaissance. 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 Renaissance.